All right, hello and welcome to the CBC podcast. And today, on the 80th anniversary of his death, we're going to be discussing uh, Sigmund Freud's work. Sigmund Freud's work, uh, specifically how his work relates to criminology and how it helps us get a better understanding of criminals as well as our own legal system. And today, joining with us to help us discuss this topic is uh, Aiden Hickey, professor of criminology at U of T. Aiden, thank you for being with us today. My pleasure, Declan. How you doing, man? Oh, very good, very good. So you you say that Sigmund Freud's work has uh, had a huge. Uh, Huge way, uh, huge effect on the way we view criminals. What, why do you say that? Well, he simply changed criminology forever. He gave us insights into the criminal mind that we never had before. And once we started uh, looking at his work in detail and really understanding it and applying it to our justice system, we started being able to understand why, how these men operated, men and women operated, when committing crimes. So. We specifically look at the psychoanalysis theory, and if you don't know what that is, it's basically the study of the unconscious mind broken up into three categories. This was his key work, of course. Yeah, exactly. This is what he's most famous for. So you might already know this, but I'm going to quickly explain it anyway. Uh, it's broken up into three categories. Your mind's id, which is uh, your natural urges that your brain has. So, for example, a baby, when it's hungry, it cries, and its mom will come bring its food. It urges food, it cries, mom brings it. Then once that baby grows to three or four, it starts developing an ego, its sense of self. So a kid on the playground gets his soy to taken away by another kid. Instead of getting up and punching that kid in the face, he might say, eh, actually, if I punch that kid in the face, I might get in trouble. So, so kind of like developing its sense of right and wrong. Yeah, exactly. Well, or not right more, and wrong as much as, uh... more like, I'm, I'm not going to do yeah. this because I'll get reward, yeah. yeah, risk and reward, more like what's the repercussions of these yeah. actions. Super ego is more right and wrong. Uh, Your super ego is uh, maybe once you get a bit older, you start thinking, yeah, maybe I'm not going to punch this kid because I might hurt him. You oh, know? this is where he would develop his moral compass. Yeah, exactly. It's your moral compass, how you view the world. So these things, this is obviously nature versus nurture. Uh, kind of topic. This leans more to a uh, uh, nurture kind of uh, to the nurture side. Sorry, uh, it's it's the kids can develop a moral compass or their sense of right, uh, this, their sense of um, the repercussions of their actions through their parents, uh, the their life experiences, media, media, exactly, uh, you name it. So. <clears throat> when we look at Freud's theory and we apply it to a man like Paul Bernardo. So if you don't know who he is, model citizen, great guy. No, I'm just joking. Uh, terrible person. He, he is dubbed the Scarborough rapist. He killed uh, three to four women, but uh, they're really not sure about that number. Um, he has more than 13 counts of rape against him and at least six attempted rapes. But they think it's more. They can only prove that it was six. It was definitely more. Um, and he he operated from the mid '80s to the early '90s. Uh, and when we apply Freud's theories to a man like this, we really see why he did what he did. So your super ego and your ego are facilitating your id. Yeah. Your id's urges are not always are not always carried out by yourself because you're like, hmm, I might get in trouble for this, this is breaking the law, or this is wrong, like, I shouldn't do this. When your id is dominant over your ego and your superego, which is definitely what's happening in the case of Paul Bernardo, 
your your urges are just so strong that you don't care for the repercussions. You have like he had no care for the so law. It's he when one, one overpowers the other. Yeah, when it's a lack of balance. There. Yeah, there's there's no balance between it. So imagine a devil and an angel sitting on your shoulder, and the devil's just beating the angel up, has and the angel is just submitting, has no control. This is this is real. This is what's happening with a guy like Paul Bernardo. He he couldn't control these sexual urges that he had, and these urges were terrible. He had no care for the law. He had no respect for the law. He had no care for the repercussions he might receive, and he also had no care for the people he was hurting people he was murdering and the families and the scars he was affected. So another word you might uh, use to describe him is psychopath. Yeah, well, yes, this is how psychopaths operate. Yes, but more philosophical. Yeah, we could do a whole episode on psychopaths. I would love to come back for that. (laughs) (laughs) So, and how this has affected our legal system is that when we look at a guy like this and we understand his psychology, we know that things like bail or probation should not be possible because he won't be able to restrain those urges. Yeah, exactly. Rehabilitation is not possible here. You know, Freud said the suppression of these urges is what strengthens them. So, uh, so the only way to keep these people from hurting, uh, keep these monsters from hurting people is to keep them off the streets. Exactly. So now that we know how their brain operates, we know that these guys are, are, complete danger to society and we can't let them out and uh Declan uh, I know you might want to take oh, a little yes, bit of a break you must, uh, must get to our sponsor uh, keeps the keeps the show running <laughs> <laughs> all right this podcast is supported by the way marijuana party of Canada you know some people might say that you know this this party has no use anymore because you know Marijuana has been completely legalized in this country. And to those I say, you know, is it true? Is is marijuana really legal? I mean, that's actually a question I'm asking. I'm, I'm really high right now. I don't even I don't even know if it's legal yet. Uh, you know, you know, sometimes you want a chill friend, you know, someone take your back, you know. So, you know, come November, if you feel like it, if you don't, that's okay. You know, put your feet up, chill, that's okay. But come November, if you feel like it, if it's with your groove, if you're ready to roll with it, Please vote for us, the um, uh, the marijuana party of Canada, you know, and and chill out. Peace out. All right, and now to get back, what kind of things do you think uh, Paul Bernardo is going through right now in prison? Okay, so basically. What Freud's theory, uh, part of Freud's theory was that the suppression of these urges that the id has only strengthens them, right? So, when he's sitting in prison not being able to act on these urges that are so strong inside of him, he's likely uh, having sexual fantasies about these urges. He's likely going back to the time to his crimes and cherishing every moment that he can remember so he's, he's reliving uh, past incidents yeah exactly he this is like kind of why um serial killers tend to take mementos from the from their killings yeah like a lock of hair or something yeah exactly like so they yeah. the, the, like that's why they cherish that moment because they got to act on that urge that that's so strong within them so he's likely having sexual fantasies about these urges he's likely extending that sexual energy any way he can if you don't know what i mean by that 
uh, ignorance That's probably bliss. for the best, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's probably for the best. Yeah, so he's like, and he's likely building up a crime in his head. He's likely thinking of ways he could commit crimes like this again. He's likely, like, he's likely just thinking about it all the time. And it's just growing inside of him and he just wants to act out but he can't this is part of the reason why we can't like probation yes as you were discussing earlier yeah probation, exactly bail is, is not a good thing uh regarding knowing, these sorts of criminals knowing this knowing what he he's going through in prison knowing that his will to commit these crimes is only going stronger with the suppression of these urges is why it has strengthened our legal system because we know now that he, this guy, has no chance of rehabilitation, and he, and something like, like he cannot, like probation should not be an option here. Yeah. So then we can strengthen our sentencing, longer yeah. sentences for guys like this. So how exactly do you feel uh, Freud's theories have expanded the field of criminology? I would say they redefined, he redefined the field of criminology. He, he, his, he gave us kind of a really general uh, depiction of the human mind and how it works and gave us, it was just kind of a starting point. And people have been able to build off of that, go into more detail, more detail, more de detail based off his findings. So the more detail we can teach it, the better we learn and the better we can base off uh, new theories. So what he did was he made a new starting point for criminology. We now know in much, much more detail based off his findings, exactly how criminals think, how they act and why they do the things they do. And this is all, this has led us to stronger sentencing as we've talked about earlier. This has led to us being able to catch criminals more easily, prevent uh, these types of crimes, and also treat people who have committed these types of crimes, because these people are very ill, obviously, and and Freud was, uh, Freud also had theories on how to treat people with these uh, kind of illnesses, oh, okay. but, you know, that's not really what it's about, but that's not really what we're talking about, but yeah, he, so he is, he has not necessarily expanded the field of criminology, but he set a starting point for us, uh, the future criminology uh, theorists, yeah, to uh, expand off his theories. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, actually. So. Specifically, Aiden, do you think uh, this is, you know, considering how men like Paul Menard are made, do you think this is more of a, a nature or a nurture thing? Definitely a bit of both. It's, uh, so, you know, you look at the abuse he inflicted on some of his victims, like, uh, even his wife, uh, the black eyes he gave with the flashlight, like, gruesome beatings that he gave. There was probably, like, I don't know much about his past, but there was likely, if I had to guess, based on the uh the violence he inflicted he the, he likely had some abuse in his past and that so again there's the chain of abuse but a lot of this is not you can't just develop early on like a lot of this is just a sick man and he was born like this 
you know, these urges for like raping a woman and multiple women committing murder without any remorse. These are things that are usually born and not made, but but a lot of it, a lot of it was made. You know, the violence he inflicted again is likely because of abuse he received. You know, we know about the chain of abuse. That's likely something, but again, something so someone who's a serial killer, serial rapist is likely born with a serious mental illness, and like we we explain it through Freud's theories of the strong urges through the id and how it cannot be facilitated how his urges can't be facilitated by his ego and superego but he he there it goes much further than that he likely does have some serious mental illness oh, okay, with it. Yeah. And, and do you think there are any uh, signs in a uh, youth that you can see to figure out if you know your child's gonna grow up to become the next paul bernardo <laughs> you know yeah there probably is like yeah if if there's probably there's a lot of strange behavior you know, exhibited you know there's the classic killing of small animals oh, yes. you know the you can see like like if he's if a child is you know attacking other kids you know it doesn't care when he gets in trouble you know breaks the rules stuff like that it's very general but like it's very hard to predict something like this you know uh you it can come out of completely come out of left field because a lot of them are very good at hiding uh, these kind of things. Okay. Okay, thank you for that. Aiden, do you have any uh, last words for our podcast viewers? You know what? Freud did not have a perfect career. Calling cocaine a miracle drug isn't necessarily the smartest thing to say. Oh, yeah. And he's had some um, sexist, racist remarks in his past. And you know what? If we forget about all that and look at his psychoanalysis theory, it has helped us understand how true evil thinks. It helps us understand how criminals operate, why do they do the things they do, and what kind of danger they are to society. And you know what? I think he deserves credit for that because he has saved thousands of lives by giving us the ability to catch these men and sentence them accurately. And you know what? That's a pretty amazing thing. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, next week, um, we will be uh, discussing the VTK killer. Wait, the VTK killer? Can we do that? I mean, we're the, we're the CBC. He's American. Well, you know what? It's fine. I mean, who could possibly care about the difference between a Canadian and American serial killer? All right, thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Aiden, for uh, tuning in and being with us today. Thank you, Declan. It's my pleasure, man. All right, thank you, everyone else. Uh, we will uh, see you next week.